Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a WNR four six one. It's AEW Roundup. Now, wait. You're saying to yourself, James, you used to call it AEW Prelude. What's going on, man? Well, the fact is, no one what fucking Prelude was. So now we've changed it to more relatable AEW Roundup. Luckily, I'm not alone in my own faults. I have a pleasure to be joined by up first by my side. Every WWE and AEW show it is, of course, a fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How are you doing? Doing good, thank you. It's been a while, hasn't it? Um, AEW? I've forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we haven't done a catch-up for AEW in a long time. And I know uh, with the papers and stuff like that, but we are back there. Because it's all been about New Japan. I mean, can you? It's weird, mm. you know. Like I said, can you get used to being back with AEW now after being on the new New Japan train? Yeah, I mean, like, it, I I feel like it definitely should at least pick up a lot more traction of fans from New Japan maybe checking out more AEW. So, I mean, it's definitely worth kind of looking at the ratings going forward to see whether or not AEW are picking up more traction from having Kenny turn up and actually successfully win the IWGP championship. Um, I mean, personally for me, it's not even just because of Kenny that I'm now interested in New Japan wrestling, but it definitely helps to see him across both shows, you know? Yeah. I mean, if compare it to like the MCU, you know, we've now seen other movies that maybe not, you, you don't need to maybe see, but have kind of added to the product that we're watching, if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, Well, up next, um, last but by no means least, are you ready? You think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell her what's aware? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready to bow to the masters. Break it down. Degenerate into something full. We just got tired of doing what you told us to. That's a breaks, boy. Yeah. That's little man now break it down it's gina hey that's a very aggressive intro for me to you but i hope you're fine i think that's the i think that's the first intro that i've laughed really really hard at like <laughs> i just don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> do you know do you know how many times i sang that song as a child and now get it to do it on the podcast you know it's a, it's a dream it, come it's true. made your dream I'm I'm so happy that I was able to help by learning my name. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. What up, people? <laughs> How are you, Gina? Are you looking forward to talking some AEW today? Like I said, we've talked uh, Wrestle Kingdom and we've had the end of year shenanigans, and now we're going to get down to business. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. To, I'm ready for this. We got quite a few uh, things to discuss with AEW, and um, let's get this roundup on the way. That shallow of a doubt. So we're going to start with uh, some sad news, some shocking news actually as well, uh, which was the fact uh, Ring of Honor legend Jay Briscoe died at age 38. This was a shock to the system uh, for, I think, everybody involved. I think January 18th uh, was the date. Uh, horrible details surrounding it as well, uh, being involved in a head-on collision, basically, and the kids in the car. Um, and I know that his children at this moment are um, surgery and everything like that and recovering. Uh, but again, to see it in in like this was a bit of a shock. Uh, so we'll just speak. I mean, Jack, see, first and foremost, because the Briscoes, 
of a team, especially for me that I've, I've known of for a long time, uh, but only seen them, especially with a series with FTR. And of course, what FTR kind of mean to us as a group, this was kind of real surprising, you know? Definitely. Um, I think, again, like yourself, uh, I hadn't seen many Briscoe matches, um, but I knew a lot of them. I, I've heard it um, about them and I've heard what they've done on the indie scene quite a lot. Um, it was a, a, a real shock to kind of hear this. Uh, you, ca- you can help but think of sort of the the losses that you know, not just come from a, a wrestling standpoint, but automatically, you know, thinking about the family, thinking about the fact that the children were in the car. Um, you know, the, 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 it was a very sad time um, knowing that this has gone on. Um, my thoughts are still with the family. My thoughts are still with, uh, you know, everyone that's affected by by Jay's death. And, you know, honestly, it's it's unfortunate and it's sad that this is the type of thing that naturally happens um there's car accidents every day um and it's just very sad to know that you know without without warning someone can be just taken so abruptly you know yeah i think this is the thing and i mean gina i want to get your thoughts on this but like you said with a wrestler's death and maybe i became too accustomed to the fact of you know, maybe heart attack or overdose. But when it's saying like this, it is a shock because, like you said, this is things that happen everyday occurrence and it just so happened it was a professional wrestler involved, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it is things like this that kind of make you remember that, you know, every every day is, could be your last, you know? So to live your life to the fullest. It was so weird because I have, was looking through Twitter the day before and, you know, I, I saw quite a few videos of um, the Briscoes just going around, you know, people talking about their matches, not just with FTR, but just tweeting about it. So I remember looking at like a couple of videos and then, you know, thinking nothing of it because you wouldn't. And then the next day hearing this news it really just hits home on how short life can be. And, um, yeah, it's just it's so tragic and so sad to hear and uh, like I, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of like myself and the WMR team in passing on our love and blessings to the whole Briscoe family. Yeah, I like I said, we couldn't say I couldn't say about myself. Uh, yeah, a horrible time for everybody involved. Uh, and like I said, we do want to start, but I mean that is the kind of the biggest news. But we will get into uh, Dynamite and Rampage now, like four episodes each, and we start in 2022. So yes, we're going back a year. Now to review this, a New Year's smash. We started with Brian Danielson versus All Ego Ethan Page. And hanging over the bout like a dark cloud was MJF, who was watching from the skybox. Brian won by submission with the regal stretch. We see Mox and Claudio beat Top Flight. I mean, give the guy a holiday, come on. Hook beat Balaam Lynx. Are they just making these fucking names up now? do not understand. Uh, Jungle Boy saved Hook from Halfway's Boys afterwards. And then we had the sixth match of the best of seven series for the World Trios Championship. This was a Fool's Count Anywhere match. Uh, it was wild, as you would expect. And we saw the finish. Pack trap Matt Jackson, the brutalizer, while Omega delivered a one winged angel from the stands to Phoenix through two tables to get the pin. Uh, I know this series, has, this series has lasted about four podcasts. But Jaxie, it's the penultimate one, and the false count anywhere. The finish looked good as well. You know, I think, like we said, it it was a fun match. 
It really was. Um, you know, like you couldn't really look away from the screen because if you did, you missed something peak, you know. So anyone that hasn't watched any of these best of seven series matches, go ahead and watch them. They are very entertaining. Each match that the Elite or Death Triangle produced just never feels the same as the last. And they just never failed to, you know, shock ex- and, and, and exceed expectations. Um, this match went hard, you know, and like you said, the ending like was just like a, a perfect finisher. Um, and who, who doesn't love seeing a one winged angel from the top rope? Because I don't know anyone. You know, well, no, but I feel a bit sorry for Pack. You know, I know, I know this series is not over yet, but he's really unlucky. Yeah. You know, like with submission, broken nose. Yeah, for real. One day he'll get his break, but sadly, twenty twenty two, like, doesn't seem to be his uh, his year. No, no. Well, it was like I said, but it was good stuff. And we've got the last match coming up in a minute. But we've got Ruby Soho and Willa Nightingale losing to Tay Mello and Anna J.A.S. And earlier in the show, we saw Samoa Joe attacking Wardlow. Him with a lead pipe, injuring his knee and creating doubt that the number one contender would be able to compete. The War Dog did. Uh, bowling over doctors and security to take to the ring. Despite a guts performance by Wardlow, the big man found himself trapped in the grasp of the hill who put him to sleep with a cleaner clutch. For the victory and to add insult to injury, he bent over and cut his ponytail. Gina, have we ever seen a more heinous attack in all of wrestling? Sorry, my phone dipped me out then. Can you repeat that? I would say, what what are your thoughts of Wardlow getting his uh, ponytail cut off by Joe and Joe beating him. I know that Wardlow was injured. But I mean, still. I I actually called Joe um, Wardlow beating him. So for me, I wasn't shocked with the outcome, but I was shocked with the ponytail. Not that it was big chunk of hair because most of his head was shaved anyway. It's only the top part, and I can imagine he can grow it back quite quickly. But I was still quite shocked that that happened because <laughs> I wasn't, I, I just wasn't expecting it. And for me, I think I saw it as, is Joe being petty and just cutting this ponytail off? I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, it, I will say that that shocked me more than the ending of the match, to be honest. But oh, it was oh, still, it was still good. I was about to say, are we going to see Bordelow? Are we going to see new skinhead Bordelow? <laughs> Maybe he asked for a few weeks off so that he could regrow a little bit out. Yeah, I mean, a... you never know. Those people's hair that actually grow ridiculously fast. Yes. Yeah. No, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. I mean, that's my main takeaway from it. Not the fact of the TT title or anything else. It was, how's Wardlow going to survive? <laughs> Move on to December 30th Rampage. On Cassidy defended his all out title versus best friend Trent Beretta. Kip Sabian beat a jobber afterwards. TBS title Jay Cargill went 46-0 versus Kira Hogan, who's one of the better workers on the roster, thanks Impact Wrestling. Uh, Red Velvet was not happy, and Swerve beat Wheelie Utah in the main event. And the weird thing is, when you look back on like the results, you think, well, I'll Swerve, Swerve's still about, I suppose. Yeah, Wheelie Utah, we've not seen a lot of him. 
Um, and then January 4th, Dynamite. AW brought a new look to Dynamite with redesigned visual elements, match cards, and even its intro video. And also gained a new set design with the two tunnels going and the primary LED screen presentation. So I want thoughts. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on the AEW's new look for Dynamite? I mean, yeah, uh, I, I think I think it's nice that they didn't do too much to change it uh, dramatically, you know. Um, I, I didn't mind the tunnels, but when I saw the sort of overall look for the entrance um, to the ring, it, it looked good. So for me, I... I, I I didn't have an issue with the change, and I just thought it, it worked. It, it looks very AEW. Yeah, I think they need to freshen up every now and again. I mean, Gina, did you have anything? To, I mean, the only thing for me is maybe it was a bit too similar to WWE. Just massive kind of cut LED screens, you know? Mm. Okay, back in my day, we used to have proper sets. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I kind of have at this point forgotten that they had that new... <laughs> the new one um it's kind of just blended back into like you know what the last one was like so to be honest if you asked me to point out the differences right now between the current one and the last one i'd probably be like maybe there's a bit less cm punk or is there i can't even remember that's that's how much i've taken notice of this you just get swept away for the ride there's nothing wrong with that you know uh i mean i only look out for big starts that's it. As long as I catch him in there, I'm happy, and the rest goes over my head. Well, speaking of that, Ricky Starts did look big time on a new stage with his graphics shining bright as he made his entrance for his match versus Chris Jericho. Of course, Jericho controlled the pace and looked like he'd been with an interference on Parker and Matt Menard. But Starts proved resilient, fighting for all this, for putting him away with a spear. But they just couldn't let it lie, could they? Because the JLS. Beat him down afterwards, and Jake Hager drove Starks through a table. So, well, Gina, I know you've got a like, kind of love-hate relationship with Ricky Starks at the moment, but what do you think? This is his biggest win of his career. Yeah, um, you guys can literally ask my sister, because I was watching this match with her in, um, in my ear, and I was so conflicted. Guys, this guy has broken my heart so bad. But I also love to watch him. So I was just like, oh, I'm just getting angry now watching him. But he does look hot, doesn't he? <laughs> it, it felt like a very traumatic match for me to watch. You know, um, let's, let's, let's put it this way. It felt like, you know, when you go to support your partner, at, you know, like maybe a sports event that they're taking part of, but you've just, they've had an argument. So... The, the the girlfriend is still cheering for him, but she's mad as hell. That was basically it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like every time I watch Drew McIntyre, it's the one that got away, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, it's I how, mean, it's trying... how I feel about Okada. Like, how dare you have a child with someone else? We with your thinking, wife? How dare you? <laughs> Hey, how dare you be happy without me? <laughs> I'll tell you, you know what. Who I am? I'm not gonna lie. We are a slightly different pod without Monty, which again, it's fine. Yeah. But I think like we're gonna be able to talk about this, you know. Uh, I mean, I think it turns into thirsty pod, doesn't it? Without Monty there, <laughs> he's got a rain of sin a little. Bit. <laughs> 
but turning it back around, going back yeah. to the actual match itself, it was a really good match. And I, I am really happy that Ricky got that win because, as you said, James, it's kind of one of the biggest wins sort of on his belt at the moment, especially within AEW. So, yeah, super happy for him. Well, the thing is, though, I was, again, I'm great that you've got the win. And then I'm thinking, right, Jericho needs to take time off now. Or, you know, even though he's not scheduled, it's like just JLS, uh, JAS. And again, with the beat down, you think, oh, it's going to continue. Which, you know, I suppose is hopefully Ricky, like I said, gets the win in the end. But it's going to be like, don't drag it out until revolution. <laughs> you know, we don't. We don't. I mean, I've got it. I got it like in a different way. Um, I I kind of was just more like, why are we pushing this new starter on Ricky Starks as if like they're they're building him up when they have a lot of other young credible wrestlers that they actually are currently working with that they could be doing this with. Yeah. So yeah. I'm getting a bit irked. I'm like, what? I'm I'm sorry. I don't have anything against. Uh, action Andretti or, or whatever his name is, but I also am just a little bit like, why you? Yeah, well, this is the thing we talk. Right? What about John Silver? Oh. You know, someone who exactly. You could have even had like Hook or Jungle Boy in that yeah. position. Uh, you could have had um, uh, Ethan Page, Swerve. Mm. I don't know. There's so many young star, fresh stars that have like put in the work, and I'm not saying that Action Andretti doesn't put in the work, but he's so fresh and he's so new. And I get that maybe they wanted to do something similar to like you know when they tried to do that in WWE with Mustafa Ali when he first joined before Brock Lesnar took him out of the picture, um, and then like sort of his momentum had dropped. I I could tell that this is potentially what they're trying to do here, but if they were going to do that. As much as Ricky Starks is a great star, he's still just trying to reach that peak point in his career. So putting someone like Action Andretti with Ricky Starks isn't going to benefit him as well as he would like because this is pre- predominantly to um, upstage, uh, upshow Ricky Starks, not Action Andretti. So they should have been, you know, you know, Wheeler, Utah. Even this, you know, yeah. you could even have this sort of position. I, so I just, I'm really just confused as to why you, you could have gone with the hook idea because he mm. has that um, history with hook as well of being part yeah, of like Rick Starks and the hook were part of Team Taz. So like, yeah, you know, they could be we now have hook randomly tagging with Jungle Boy. And don't get me wrong, I am enjoying this and all our views when we get more into their storyline later. But it's just like. You know, Hook is becoming a bit of an AEW bike. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. making his rounds, going around everywhere as Hook House and Jungle Hook. Like, and to be honest, I just don't want them. Yeah. yeah, I don't want Hook to actually start becoming a bit of a joke. Well, the, and the, in a way mm-hmm. that possibly could go that way, it's dependent on what they do, whether it works really or not. You know, that position they really could have. Yeah, but it's if this is AEW's problem is they've got people yeah. they want to build momentum. So it's like Jungle Boy, new serious Jack Perry, and then it's like, oh, hang on a minute, we're not going to give them single matches on Dynamite against people, so we'll just stick them in like a tag team. The same with Swerve of like, oh, let's yeah, we, we're not going to have them wrestle hey. every week, so let's put them with a group. I mean, if FTR can't wrestle every week, then like I said, people build momentum. Someone like Willie Utah, whoever the new 
going to go, well, okay, you, you're going to get four matches, a tag match, being a tag team, and then it'll be back to Rampage before you kind of know it. There's no next step. It's even like with Wardlow with how he was built mm. up to get the championship, and then it just fell away, and he's in a weaker position now after being champion than yeah. he was before. And you're going, that's not right. You've got a question. You've got a question like what creative are doing, because I swear sometimes they take three steps forward, but then they take four steps back, and you're just like, wait, we were going this way. What happened? Why are we going back? Where are we going? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, they, yeah. it's, you, know, you know when Vince is hot on someone and then you just know as an audience member when Vince has just gone cold on them yeah. all of a sudden because you're just like, oh, Vince has given up on you already. It kind of feels like that with, with certain stars in AEW or is starting to feel like that, you know? Um, and it's not fair really to the wrestlers who are actually putting in the, the, the work and, and the hard work and effort. Well, it's even like someone like Adam Page. Now, ever since kind of he lost the world title, so to speak, I know injuries and stuff like this, but like, what the what has he done? Like, I mean, do you know, it's like even there's certain talent you're just going. I feel like they're teasing like a, a Dark Order Hangman Page team up again, and and potentially just keep Hangman Page in like the six man tag sort of like look rather than. Because right now, like, they've got too many stars than, than what they know to do with. Yeah. Like, Tony Khan, hire me. I've got some really great ideas that could actually be worth listening to that aren't necessarily based around a championship that you could still run. So get in contact. Well, talk about Adam Page, actually. He had a face-off with uh, Moxley. This was really weird because he talked about getting uh, his dick in the dirt and... Moxley's mic didn't work, which makes it just look so fucking amateur. And the funny thing is, because you know, I've been watching the watch is strong, when Moxley gets on the mic there, it fucks him as well. So it's almost like my mic, I feel for Moxley, wherever he's going, the technology is not helping. Um, and then we get the acclaim defending the AEW World Tag Team Championship against Jeff Jarrett, that's T and Jay Lethal in the second match of the night. Jarrett delivered a stroke to Bowens and scored a win after Dutch shoved the babyface foot off the rope. Aubrey Edwards informed Ray of the chicanery and the match restarted with Bowens then scoring a win off a roll-up on Lethal. But come on, I think we can all say, boo. We want Jeff to have gold. The most overhill in AEW and he got screwed by Aubrey or Edwards. Is she the senior official? Has she got it? I mean... Shut up. How can you? Wait. Are you being serious right now? Come on. Please tell me you're actually being serious. No, I can't take it. Like, honestly, if you're in the same room right now, I think everyone here would just probably hear a slap. Yep. Yep. Get out. What's wrong? I mean, the acclaimed. I mean, like I said, I mean, they're all right. Don't get me wrong. But. Fuck James, yeah, you're doing this to wind us up. You're, you're, yeah, you are I'm not literally you. pulling my leg. Seriously, you have to be. Take the the tag titles off of a a much younger, much over tag team when he's past his prime and he doesn't need another title. So no, no, he should not get a title. And I'm glad that Aubrey did what he did. And also, Jeff Jarrett, if you're listening to this, ever put your hands on a woman again, and I dare you to put your uh, try and put your hands on me, because I will show you what I will do, because I won't be as nice as Aubrey. No. Uh, uh, Jeff, I've just got told off like a dog, all right? No, 
No, that's a bad joke. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> Definitely not. not. To be I fair, like what the way I saw it as well is, it, I saw it as like, no, you can't, you cannot sit there and give the belts to Jeff when he literally. How long has he tagged with Jay Lethal? Yeah, but you guys on must AEW have about three, just, four weeks. Just for a, just for a couple of seconds, you thought you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I almost lost my shit. <laughs> And so I saw Aubrey running down that ramp with a halo around her motherfucking head and <laughs> telling them to go back. She turned around and snitched. And do you know what? That is the only time snitching is allowed. Because if that shit actually went through, I tell you what, this, this podcast would have been a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> I think my microphone's... Yeah, there you go, you piece of shit. <laughs> now I know how Moxley feels. Right, okay, back. There you go. Jesus Christ, son. I'm trying to find another one. I mean, but then again, what do you want them to do? Put, like, proper tag teams there? I mean, it doesn't make any sense in the tag division to have proper tag teams. We need but, more makeshift. <laughs> There are there there are so many tag teams already in the a, on the AW roster, and I just feel like this was just so random to shoot Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett right up there, skipping past all the other tag teams. I mean, I just don't think that I I just don't think that Jeff Jarrett needs to be back in a ring like full time wearing a a, a belt and defending on a weekly basis. I think that AEW started off as a roster of fresh, young, new faces um, full of, you know, the future being the future of AEW. And then you have someone like Jeff Jarrett, who hadn't actually been on AEW as long as half of these young stars. Taking the belts? No, no, just no. The rankings isn't a thing anymore, is it? With AEW, like the rankings, they've definitely just like gone. Eh, let's get rid of that. (laughs) Let's just forget about it. Just give anyone we want, anyone that we think is hot right now, we'll just give them a a championship opportunity. Hometown hero Brian Danielson made his way to the ring to a thunderous ovation ahead of his match with Tony Nice. He, of course, won. After the match, the winner called out MJF. An insult-heavy promo culminated with a world champ, Tenny American Dragon every week between now and February 8th and if he did he would grant him a total shot at Revolution on March 5th Downs encounter with a stipulation a 60 minute Ironman match and he goaded MJF into accepting I mean Jaxie come on the thing is I don't understand why between now and February 8th and not up until March 5th because they got to build the storyline you know They've got to be able to pay, you know, their PR team to actually promote this match because, you know, irrespective as to what us fans uh, believe as to whether or not Brian Danielson can actually achieve that um, and and take it no losses. Um, at the same time, it's it's pretty much like you're you're confirming uh, that to us if you're already putting it on the promotional materials, um, already promoting it as a match itself, you know? So they probably are doing this from a PR perspective um, to advertise ahead of time and actually get people excited about the match being actually confirmed. 
Well, so, but again, I don't know. Obviously, we're going to see Danielson have some great matches, but it's going to be a foregone conclusion. But it should be interesting to see an MJF in an Iron Man match and kind of proving people wrong, I think, is the whole point, you know, coming up. But we shall see. We see Swerve beating AR Fox, Baxter, or Saray, or Saraya, whatever you want to say. Announced the best wrestler in the world will be a tag team partner. Then revealed it would be Tony Storm. Announced a major diss to Shida, who is seated on the other side of her. Uh, and I know, <laughs> Gina, it's not the way to go about it. You know, if I was going to pick between you two, I wouldn't do it both to your faces. I'm not that tight. I'll do it behind your backs. that make you feel better? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, do it behind our backs. That's fine. I'd rather know that you're bitching behind my back. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, to be honest, I just... I I knew that they had to be turning heel because the way that they were just turning their back on Sheeda, so everyone was kind of assuming, no, Sheeda's going to turn heel and fuck those two over. But it's more, it was more of a case of those two turning heel because turning your back on someone like that, even if you are choosing the other person, you could have literally delivered it in such a better way. Like, Sheeda, you know, I love you, but I am going to go with um, Tony on this match. So I hope you don't mind. Yes. You know, she didn't yeah. need to turn her back like some bitch. She was definitely throwing some shade and she literally just did not care. She was trying to do it. I'm sorry, but I actually flipped the fuck out at this segment, James. Uh, The audacity of this bitch. Do you know what? Again, like my sister said, it's not even the fact that you're choosing, you know, someone else who is just as talented as well. Uh, No, bitch, you actually turned your back and flicked your hair at me. Shida has patience. If that was me, Soraya's wig is getting pulled up. Those extensions are coming out. Her fakeness and her face are getting broke up. And she ain't going to be in that match because she's going to have to go and have surgery. Don't you dare disrespect me like that. You know? And I just, not even us as the audience just felt that. Even Renee reacted to that in a way where she, that was just straight up rude. They're definitely turning Soraya um, and possibly even Tony Hill. Um, I'm kind of here for it because the the amount of uh, anger it generated just in, in that one segment is enough to be like, yeah, you were heel, you know? So run with it. Just run with it. And she'd have better come out looking like the baddest bitch on the planet like she she's, should be because, t- let's be honest, Soraya, you chose the wrong choice. If out of Tony Storm and Sheeta, I would have definitely gone with Sheeta. Uh, I think Tony Storm is a talented wrestler, but I think Sheeta is even better. Personal opinion. Well, we see the guns eulogizing FTR. Uh, Red Velvet, Jay Cargill battled Hogan, Sky Blue, and tag action. Cargill tagged in, but demanded Velvet finish Hogan off. Valley jumped off the apron, leaving the champ to go it alone. She did, defeating Hogan with a pump kick. And then the TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. We see Joe focuses attack on the challenger's knees and cut off everything he attempted. Joe applied the cleaner clutch, but a defiant Allen fought through it, sent the champion into exposed turnbuckle and delivered consecutive coffin drops for the win. Confetti fails, Allen knelt in the centre of the ring as the new champion, with Sting joining his friend and embracing him, and a huge pop uh, from the crowd as well. Uh, this was a proper AEW moment, Jaxie, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was a great match. Joe and Darby Allen, um, n- they work well together. 
they they're just both great talented wrestlers so this match went hard um i just when when darby allen won all i could think of was wow you took the belt off of wardlow just to have joe hold it for a couple of weeks just to give it back to darby allen Really? I thought I was a negative one. I really thought... It's not that I'm negative. I'm questioning the decisions that are being made right now in AEW. Because like I said earlier, it feels like we're going three steps forward and then four steps back. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, Tony's trying to reset. That's what it feels like. He was like, when was my favourite time as TNT champ? Derby. We had this match... Uh, I think three weeks previously as well, where Joe just ran through Derby. Uh, but, the part. but why did Wardlow not help? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I just, don't get me wrong. Am I pleased that Derby Allen is champion? Yeah, he, he has had great runs with the TNT Championship. He produces great matches. He puts his all into it. So I'm not actually disappointed. This isn't actually supposed to be sort of like a negative statement on him winning the championship. But it, it does just make you question, well, you had like a, a, a great wrestler like Wardlow that you were also trying to showcase um, and probably could have done with a, a decent title run. You put the belt on him, and I don't think he achieved anything. Yeah, like I said, Wardlow well, should have helped. Significant, you know, to say Ward- that his championship run was decent. Either that that made more sense. Um, but yeah, it just it, it does just make you question, like, what was what what was the decision? Why was there the decision in the first place to have the belt taken off Wardlow in the first place? Especially when there is not very much like there's been any significant storyline that Wardlow's been put into it um, in in the running since, you know? Um, he he had a bit his one-on-one with Joe, and then that was it. Yeah, so what was the reason that you took it off him in the first place, then? Yeah. They make it up. I mean, we can still hear you. Yeah, but this is fucking sound. <laughs> sound in my head. Uh, you're getting another sound on yeah. your on your end. Okay, okay. On this. <laughs> no, I'm not, yeah, exactly. I just couldn't be crazier. Um, yeah, but like I said, Wardlow should have helped him win. Sting's hug was lovely. And another thing, I don't know what you guys think about this. I mean, Gina, you can tell me. Surprisingly, amount of wrestlers that come from Washington in AEW. It seems like everybody on this card or anybody on that Dynamite was from fucking Washington. Will it be, will it be Darby? Will it be, you know, all these other people that are involved? Daniel Bryan. I mean, how many people from Washington? I mean... To be honest, I I wouldn't have been able to tell you off of the top of my head, but I do get what you mean when they do make those announcements. I'm like, oh, you too? You're from here too? <laughs> Wasn't the previous like three wrestlers from from here too? So I'm just like, I totally get what you mean in that sense. <laughs> you get like, I didn't know Doug and Brian all that came from the same state. Like I would never put these guys together, but you know. Uh, we'll move on to Rampage January 6th. Um, Moxley and Danielson beat Top Flight in a really good match. 
Uh, Baker and Hater squash the Renegades. Uh, give the woman more, eh? Don't just give him this, for fuck's sake. Preston Vance beat a masked man, enough said. And the main event, do you know what's funny? Mike Bennett in the main event of Rampage after leaving Impact for bigger and better things and losing to Derby. Uh, so, <laughs> what can be said? And then Battle of Belts 5, because everybody wants more Battle of Belts. Uh, I did notice the commentary desk with the new setup was so much better. Like the actual screen on the, the desk now as well. We see the Acclaim beat Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett in an ODQ match. Boo! And Aubrey proved she's a secret member of the Acclaimed as well. It was disgusting what happened here. Jay Cargo went 48-0 versus Sky Blue. And the Jaded was the best one yet, I would say. And in the main event, Orange Cassidy kept entertaining all Atlantic Rain going versus Kip Sabian. A few the time to build and Kip's handled himself well. But again, we mentioned it earlier. And Jackson, this is the thing we were talking about. Orange Cassidy is on a consistent run at the moment. And is and it's showing, you know, the, he's having even if it's rampage or dynamite, defending the title and giving good performances and building momentum. That's what should be done for most of them. Do you know what this is? This is something that you, we love to see in AEW, and what it is is consistency. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's not like one minute he's hot and then next minute he's still the champion, but he's not featured. Week in, week out, he's like a defending champion. He's doing really well to kind of solidify um, the reason why he's got this belt, you know. And I just wish there was like consistency across the whole roster, you know. Um, maybe if that was the case when Wardlow was TNT champion, then maybe he would have, uh, maybe his run would have felt more significant, you know. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Chris Jericho made a surprise appearance at Pro Wrestling Gorilla's Battle of Los Angeles on January 8th, showing up with the JAS and beating down um, quite a few... uh, I'm trying to pronounce their fucking names. Takeshita was definitely one of the wrestlers involved. I'm not even going to try with a couple more. Uh, We move on to Dynamite in LA, January 11th. And you knew it was a big show because we started with Moxley versus Page. And we see Hangman fought through Moxley's attempt to exploit his previous head injury. He absorbed everything thrown at him by the former world champ for engaging in a strike-heavy exchange. Stunning Moxley, Page uncaught one last barrier to flatten his opponent and score the pinfall victory. Gina, this was pay-per-view worthy, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us were were shocked that it was a great match because both wrestlers individually are just great in themselves. We knew they were going to deliver a banger of a match, but seriously, they both just went so hard. And I just, yeah, the only thing I can say is people need to go see this match for themselves again because it's just one of those ones that you can't look away. You don't know who's going to win. One minute you think one of them's winning, next minute you're like, no, the other one's got this. So, yeah, it was such a banger of a match, and you should definitely go see it for yourself. Yeah, I, I also that... kind of um, uh, point out the fact that I think throughout this whole match, I was still really hesitant every time Hangman went up, was doing like a high move, or like John Moxley went for the head. I was just like, don't hurt him, please. We don't want him injured again, please, no. <laughs> well, I, th- I think you're right. I think Paige needs like an incident free year now, you know, a bit yeah. of- Consistency, uh, injury-free, 
and just just get on with it, you know. For what a war to start the show, and it, this is the Adam Page kind of that we know and we've been missing too much of, what it seems the past couple of years. And speaking of Adams, we've been missing. Yes, that's a great segue. For the first time since August, Adam Cole, baby, returned to a television, hit the ring for an emotional promo. He said there was good news and bad news, and the bad news is for the all-elite wrestling locker room. I, I forget how much I even miss the boom. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Jackson, Adam Cole. I mean, I loved him in, in NXT, yeah. but again, speak about a guy that just needs to run this year is Adam Cole. Do you know what? It's, it's really funny because I'm a huge fan of Adam Cole in wrestling. Um, I'm also a huge fan of his. Uh, he's a, a, a great Twitch streamer. If you haven't um, watched him on Twitch and you want to check him out, his uh, Twitch name is The Chugs. Um, please go check him out. He's very funny. He's really consistent on there. So, um uh, I have been seeing him a lot more through Twitch. Uh, and it's really weird because I, he, he never gave any inkling. Um, he doesn't talk about uh, his wrestling status uh, when he's on, on the stream. Uh, he's just always known as the chugs there, you know, so, so keeping it things very separate. So he's been very quiet about, you know, even his health on, on stream. So um, it still came as such a pleasant shock. And yeah, the level of excitement that I actually found myself feeling when I heard that music hit, um, it was overwhelming. Like that's when, you know, damn, I've missed this guy. So I'm, I'm very excited that it's the beginning of a new year and we're, we're getting a, a fresh and healthy Adam Cole back. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring uh, to AEW. And uh, I just know that it's going to be, um, I, I just hope that again, like uh, we said about the previous Adam, I hope that it's an accident uh, free year for Adam Cole. And but, but both have got in common as well as the fact of real emotion. You can feel the emotion from Adam Cole. And obviously, we know what um, Paige can do as well. And then the worst name wrestler ever, Big Bill, teamed with Lee Moriarty to uh, take on Hook and Jungle Boy. And Hook sparked the Bayface comeback, delivered a long-awaited suplex to a huge pop and choked out Moriarty to score the victory. I think the only reason they brought in Big Bill is so that Hook and suplexing but i mean gina what are your thoughts on hook and jungle boy because again hook feels like and jungle boy they should be doing something else at this moment in time rather than teaming <laughs> i mean yeah the thing is don't get me wrong i actually really really like both hook and jungle boy individually it's not that i don't like them together but why i mean Hook's walking around with the FTW belt. Either make it a, a legit goddamn belt and give him some storylines and some people to defend it against or get rid of the damn belt because it's literally doing nothing. And if anything, it's kind of bringing him down. So get rid of the belt. I'm over that. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's nice to see these two youngsters come in together, but it also is just like, again, why? Like, Again, I know that Hook has been a bit of a bike and gone round and had different tag partners, but it's like, you know, you split up Jungle Boy from his tag partner, Luchasaurus, who has now become extinct because we have not seen him. So <laughs> you then decide, right, we'll give him another tag partner instead, Hook, who also was affiliated with Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, 
and they wanted to make Hook a singles person. And instead, now, instead of taking him back to Ricky and Will, which would have made a little bit more sense, he's just randomly coming out for Jungle Boy. Like, okay. (laughs) But it's even like you mentioned Hobbs. And it's like, Hobbs, we're going to get you over now. You have a 30-second promo every Dynamite where you talk about yeah. on the streets. We're not going to give you any matches whatsoever or, a- or anything else, and people will love you. And it's like... I think that's where the disappointment lies, isn't it? Because like these promos that he's doing of like him like talking about his roots and everything like that, he's easily relatable. He's easily got so much pent-up anger. Just let him loose. Instead, we're not getting anything followed up with that, and it's it's quite frustrating. I think that the one thing that is probably holding creative back on giving Hook that push is that he he's he's not one for talking. So any promo work is is very non-existent right now, um, and he either needs to actually start doing some promo work or he needs to actually solidify himself as part of a team. For example, Orange Cassidy, he's not a he's not a talker, but the best friends and Danhausen are, and even though he's a singles champion, he's still got that mouthpiece. He's still got. You know, he still even actually speaks a lot himself, uh, you know, uh, a lot more than Hook. Um, right now, we just get sort of stares from Hook. He doesn't really answer any questions, even from backstage promos. So I can see why they've ended up being like, we want to feature Hook, but we don't get know how. Right now there. Yeah. Is, is anybody else um, just, like, sorry to try, I just want to say, with Hook, yeah. like you said, the look on his face as well. And I, I don't know if, it, if people don't get this reference or not. It's literally from Labyrinth, and it's like Ludo sad. Just like, Hook's little face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I get you. It's, um, yeah, I think if he starts working oh on his program, he could be featured a a, a lot more. But it, it's very difficult right now to actually like. I want him to have a singles push. He's got so much uh, talent. Um, and would have such great matches. But can you see him in a, a feud with the likes of Chris Jericho right now if it was just just Hook? No. Like, Chris Jericho would be doing all of the work when it comes to the promo. Like, there yeah. there wouldn't be any, like, yeah, I think there, there just needs to be that one little bit more with Hook when it comes to his mic work. He really needs to kind of... Um, get his character down in a way that will allow him to be that cool character still, but still deliver a decent promo. Um, Regardless (laughs) of how good you are in the ring, you need to be able to pull off a decent promo. Well, this is the thing, and it's weird because they're going, oh, get Hook, we'll separate him from Taz. And it's like, if only Hook had someone in the family that was really good at promo, you know, really good on the mic and could build up Hook. Like, why, when it's so obvious, don't they do it? Like, yeah, right. Like you know, Team Taz. Yeah, that got demolished, right? Yeah. But that does not mean that Taz not represent his son. Yeah, baby face. You know, Taz. you know, like I said, exactly. happy Taz, proud. You know, like. Uh, like I mean, he he shows how he is on social media all the time. Yeah. Why can't we just get that Taz? Come, bring it. How can Heyman do it for Reigns, but we can't get Taz to do it for Hook? You know, right? <laughs> Imagine that. We need to turn this into a petition. That's what we need. Be a dad. 
but like I said, excellent points there. And then we see MJF with a promo. And i tell you something, his pronunciation of Takeshita is worse than mine. And you speak English, mate. Uh, Brian Danielson <laughs> beat Konsuke Takeshita in a quality match. And then up next, Sarai and Tony Storm versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. This was a highly competitive, fun match. We see Shida come down, slide her trademark kendo stick into the square circle, only for Britt Baker to use it on Storm, leading for victory for her and the AEW Women's World Champion Jamie Hayter. Sarai looked good, and of course the tag match helped her, but the crowd wanted one thing and booed. When the screen, when the arena went black and they went to commercials, um, like I said, I mean, Gina, what did you think of this? Uh, we all thought we were going to have the one person in this match. It didn't happen. AWR to blame? Would you say? What, what were your thoughts on the match anyway? I mean, what what are you saying that they're mad about that it wasn't Mercedes? Yes, yes. Sash, well, this is what I'm saying. When uh, Baker says before, you know, oh, the person might call, mm-hmm. oh, it, oh, no, any be any boss. Maybe don't say certain things to build disappointment. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. But I think that okay. So I I see it this way because I was really excited, hoping it was going to be her as well. But as soon as I saw her turn up in New Japan. I was like, they're not exactly going to have her then turn up in AEW just a few short weeks later. They're, if she's ever going to do that, they're going to save it. So for me, I kind of ruled it out being her after after she showed up in New Japan. So I, I kind of wasn't even thinking about that anymore. So I wasn't shocked, you know. Um, but the match I felt was good. I love Brett. I love Jamie. Yeah. Uh, what, why, why announce a match with a partner, a mystery partner for four weeks. He, they must have thought. I, I don't think, I don't think that they thought that much about it. If I'm truly honest, I think they thought when they said a mystery partner, and then they started alluding to the fact that she was going to have to choose between the two. Like, I, I think, yeah, I don't think that they, they thought it was going to go down that way, but obviously all the fans in the world just wanted to see that happen. I mean, like, again, though, it wasn't just, like, it was AEW even, like, you know, setting, like, the, the, the little hints. It was, like, actually Soraya herself as well. Um, And I think, just going back to James's point, I also agree, like, why prolong it as if we're going to have some sort of at least new female joining the roster when it was only going to end up being either Shida or Tony. And then, like, you know, the way that they even handled doing this, they were like, oh, yeah, so because maybe our plans fell through and Mercedes is unable to make um, make it here, uh, we're going to have to go with this. So let's just turn them heel. And, yeah, obviously that segment happened. So during this match, for, for me... I just felt it was a little bit like, well, karma just came back and bit you in the ass, Soraya, because, you know, you treat someone like shit. I was more than pleased. I actually thought she'd actually put the kendo stick in the ring for Brit and Tony. So it was that I misinterpreted that wrong, but I kind of was so glad that yeah, Brit was we the both shouted out going, yeah, she Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually really happy with the outcome. I really love Tony and Britt as a, a tag team right now. I kind of really don't want them. I know they're they're building up to the, you know them be, being a, a having a one on one match 
um, for the title. I kind of just don't want it to happen there because I actually really enjoy them both together. Um, I do hope that if they do ever think to bring in women's tag belts in AEW, that uh, Britt and Jamie deserve to kind of be the first title holders if that were to ever come. I really enjoy seeing them together. Yeah, uh, We had the JAS drizzling shit of a promo. I'm going to slap your face all over your face. <laughs> what the fuck was this? Uh, anyway, moving on. Best of seven series. When, oh my gosh. When J- when he said that, I was like, did, did someone tell him to say that? Or did that just come out randomly? Because if so, Jake Hager should not be allowed on a mic again. No, if it came out randomly, that... he's a genius. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> it was just so random. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So the main event, best of seven series for the AW World Trio. Start with the Elite versus Duff, uh, Death Triangle. Duff Triangle. Uh, of course, the ladder match, as we said, an abundance of finitely paced spots. Uh, we see dazzling offense from the Young Bucks and... Some better stuff from the underrated pack. And the team we all expected to win did. And all is right in the world of AEW, or I guess something like this. This was the build-up. Jaxie did it pay off. We saw seven of these matches. I would say the last one was the best. But then again, we was getting pretty, you know, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this was this was awesome. Uh, this uh, again, I, I felt like it really was hard to uh, to decipher who was going to win this overall match, um, especially towards the end. There were so many near falls. Um, it was brilliant, to be honest. Um, did I see this outcome coming though? Yeah, that they originally won the belts and then immediately had it taken off them. We all knew that when they returned, they were going to have those belts back. So, I mean, to be honest, this best out of seven, I always knew was going to be the outcome of this was going to be that the elite got there. But is, is this a problem, though, with AEW as well? Is the fact, like, I know, but as soon as they said, oh, if the seventh match goes uh, the distance or goes to a seventh match, it'll be a ladder match. I knew it would be, like I said, go to a seventh match with the elite winning. Same with MJF and Danielson of like, well, we know he's going to win all those matches and have the Iron Man match. Could you talk about it? Or is there nothing they can do about it? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, are they just thinking, oh, let's just put this there. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, because w- what other way is it around it? This would be a lot easier. Plus we can get like seven matches out of Danielson and the elite and um, Death Triangle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, we there, there were they were showing kinks of like maybe just a, a partial disagreements when it came to sort of the outcome of matches. So I can't tell whether or not that was indicated to say that maybe they're taking a break in terms of splitting up and maybe pack going on more of a singles run sort of thing. So I didn't know if they were trying to plant those type of seeds throughout the, the series of this uh, these matches. However. Um, I, I just don't know where they go, where where the whole team like go from here at this moment in time. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with them, whether they're going to stick together um, or whether or not, like I said, Pack will get the singles run. I'm intrigued to see what what where things go for Death Triangle. You know? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They've been tag champions. They've been trio champions now. Pack's been all Atlantic champions. So unless 
one of them's going to win the TNT or the world title, which they deserve a chance. Will they get it? You know, uh, will Pac, you know, I don't think Pac I will mean, go back to WWE after what happened, but you never know. I'm mad at seeing uh, Pac eventually win the AEW title. I actually would love to see that. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he was highly underrated in WWE as Neville. Um, I think he never got a push or a chance. And I would love to see that happen too. Um, Personally, I think Pac can go either way. Like you can love him and you can hate him. So you could actually have him as a heel or a face for that run as well. So it just, it depends on where he could slot in, you know, to be able to, uh, at this moment in time with, with, in terms of creative, it just depends on whether or not it's the right time right now. Um, especially when we've got someone like MJF in, in the role, I could see um, in in the title picture, I could see him having a great match against MJF, but do I see him having a great match against MJF as a heel? No. So uh, they would have to really determine like whether or not he'd be going on a singles run heel or face. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll move on to Rampage, January 13th. TNT title, Darby Allen retained against Juice Robinson. Rock hard lost in both matches I've seen him since signing for AEW. This is a man who's beaten Moxley in Japan. And obviously, again, I don't like about like real-life partners, but obviously Tony Storm and Juice Robinson are together. So signing for AEW, uh, again, but makes it easier for him. Was that the right choice for Juice? Hopefully he gets some more screen time. Another thing that worries me, and I don't know about... I mean, Darby Allen putting this TNT title on, a, on the line. First up, it's not an open challenge if we know who the wrestler's going to fucking be, all right? Second of, if he keeps defending the title every week, we think he's going to drop it soon. Does anybody else... Do you think that, Jaxie? Like, do you think... he's he, Well, he's, he's defended three times now. He's going to lose it next week. <laughs> Sorry, who is, who is this we, we're talking about? We're talking about Darby defending the title and just oh, panicking about losing it. Gonna lose it straight away. Like seriously, <laughs> otherwise the TNT belt is a royal slut that gets around. Do you know what I mean? Like seriously, like let someone actually have a decent run. Um, he he only just got it what beginning of beginning of this month, two three weeks. No, yeah, literally, we just we talked about him beating Joe, but he's defended it like three times now. So how yeah. many more is he gonna get? <laughs> I think I think if 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 he's gonna lose it. Then, then do it on a pay per view event. Uh, don't like don't it, make it feel bigger. Like if he's going to lose it, and if he's going to lose it, make it him lose it to the right person. And right now, I don't really know who that person would be because we're not really seeing much of a promo, uh, a steady sort of feud growing. Right now, we're getting week in, week out matches with Darby. That's great, but we're not seeing a feud being built here to believe that any of these uh, weekly uh, matches uh, are really going to change hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, could I be with in here? Cause they might want to only change the, the, the bell on TNT. So I'm not too sure. Yeah. So if he defends it on dynamite, we're fine. It's just, if it's on rampage, you go, oh, could be. Could lose it. <laughs> Uh, we get Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus the Kings of the Black Throne. Ask Prince for the team that beat FTR as well, we should say. Uh, we see Hart and Matthews run down to the ring with a chair. Kingston cut them off. Hart pretended like Kingston was going to hit her, 
and that caused Ortiz to get in his face. Shaxon allowed Black to score the win. This was fine. We're going to get a little bit more next week. And then Anna Jane, Tay Mello versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. I mean, they packed a lot into this match, so it's definitely the kind of thing you need to see for yourself. All four put forth the maximum effort to make this brawl uh, like any ECW legend we were proud of. We see Ruby with a fantastic juice job as well, hitting Destination Unknown on a pile of tacks and covering Melo to score the win. If you don't like blood, maybe avoid this, but we kind of get a women's match like this once every year, and I've got no problem with this. Well, Gina, what were your thoughts? Ruby bleeding. I never thought I needed it in my life, but she looked, she looked like a killer as well. I mean, the minute I saw her like that, I kind of was like, it's John Mox. It's Mox. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's the vibes I got from her. But I, I very much enjoyed this match. And look, I will I will admit, like, Ty Mello gets on my nerves when she's with her man on the show. I don't really need to kind of see it. Just like we don't see Brit and Adam Cole kind of interact. I don't need that, you know. It's just, it's killed a bit of the vibe for Ty for me. But I am going to give that bitch her dues because she is a wicked wrestler and she's been in some hardcore matches, especially with Anna Jay. And in in her first um, street match, that was against uh, Penelope Ford and and the Bunny, I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? Bunny, yeah. It's the Bunny, yeah. That yeah. match, that went hard. And I had respect for all four women in that match. And then they delivered again in this match. And I was just like, do you know what? No, I'm going to give them their dues because the, the women's division right now is kind of shaky at best. You know, some matches you get great. Some matches are kind of basic. Um, but the, these two, Anna Jay and, and Ty, they work really well together. And both street matches that they've been, they've smashed it. So mad respect for them. And again, Ruby, she worked really well for it being kind of a first tag team that we're seeing with her and Willow. But I thought that they had a great vibe together. They both had a sort of positivity but brawn at the same time vibe and I really liked it so yeah I thought all four women did well and they smashed it the thing that annoys me is it shows what the women can do in AEW when given time when given certain matches and yet they're not booked like this you know if it was terrible wrestling or terrible main event but it's not it's it's really engaging stuff and you think Ruby Soho deserves to have matches on Dynamite and Rampage now to build momentum. And we just know it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's the sad thing about it because, again, they, both of them, both of them, like, smashed it. And we know that it's kind of just going to go back to the same old, same old for them after this. It's not going to change at all. It's more the case that, like, you know, we, we know that Ruby's been off injured and things like that. But even when she first joined, she didn't she wasn't really given that push. So, you know, to, to see whether or not she can to see her deliver a, a match of this caliber and, and a lot of us wrestling fans knowing what Ruby can do is going to be really sad to know that they just delivered this type of match. And then we're probably not going to see her for like another two, three weeks, you know, so. It's just, again, back to what I was saying earlier, consistency. I wish we had more of that across AEW. Yeah, well, um, like I said, it's a really, really good match. So we move on to Dynamite. 
and Warner Brothers Discovery banned All Elite Wrestling from holding a Jay Briscoe tribute episode on Dynamite on January 18th, similar to the Brody Lee celebration. Uh, we apparently instead Ring of Honor taped a tribute show for Briscoe following the tapings of Dynamite and Rampage on Wednesday. They also plan to honour the two-time world champ when Ring of Honor resume their weekly TV show at Supercard of Honor. Warner Brothers banned the Briscoes from appearing on AWTV due to Jay's homophobic comments from 2013. Briscoe apologised for his comments on multiple occasions and again early in the year. Uh, several from the LGBT community paid tribute to Briscoe and showing that, you know, there is still love in the world. Um, but again, it's a, I mean, Jackson, this is difficult because with Brody Lee, he was one of the main faces of Dynamite at that point in time. Whereas the Briscoes, yeah. I understand Ring of Honor paying tribute to him. And I understand, of course, you know, with NXT, Michael Cole mentioned on SmackDown and the graphics, but like a huge part of Dynamite. So I don't think this is a, a bigger deal, or is it? You know, should we, what side should be offended? Do you know what? I, I, no, I think... From a, from a perspective of wrestling as a whole, not separate companies, wrestling as its whole entity, with the level of work that the Briscoes have done with different wrestlers across different promotions, I don't think that it would have hurt for them to have just even done a, a screen graphic like WWE did at the beginning of, uh, was it Raw or SmackDown last week? Um I think that's really petty of Warner Brothers to not allow something like that. Would I have allowed, like, you know, maybe a full a full video? No, that again, that's on Warner Brothers. But I do think it's very petty if they wouldn't even allow, like, you know, like a screen graph or just like a, a moment of silence to actually pay respect and homage to Jay as a wrestler. Um, again, like you said, um, there's a lot of forgiveness uh, in the LGBTQ community, which is always um, such a, a heartwarming feeling to have and to know that they um you know that there are certain um members from that community paying tribute uh i think it's it's very petty of a company to not allow any form of even even just having the commentators just say uh, pay their respect in commentary if they didn't want any screen grabs of him i, I think overall it's a little bit petty uh am i going to stay mad at it no, because I really appreciated seeing uh, a majority of the wrestlers with Jay armbands on. Um, you know, the wrestling community will always be there to show their respect, even when it can actually be shown on film and TV. And yeah, like you said, it, what's what I um, appreciated from NXT uh, in the week as well was they were going to have a New Day kind of funeral skit with Pretty Deadly and decided to scrap that. And Vic Joseph paid tribute to to him as well, so that just shows you that's such a class from WWE and NXT. Didn't really need to do that, um, but again, like I said, people, I guess you know, like I said, people handle it differently. Uh, we'll move on to our last episode of Dynamite, January eighteenth. Orange Cassidy defended his All Atlantic title versus Jay Lethal to start a very rampage rampage way to start Dynamite. And the sound was dodgy during the next part as well, which upset me a little bit. Top flight scoring an upset over the Bucks in a great match. Uh, again, Gina, now is the time, isn't it? Build momentum for top flight. 
You know, they've got the victory over the Bucks now. We know how talented these two guys are. Let's just put the rocket on them, you know? Yeah. So, again, I I really enjoyed seeing Top Flight when they first joined AEW. I knew they had potential. They, they've had great chemistry because they're brothers. And they, they just move so well. And they're so young. So it was. They always caught my eye from the beginning. It was really fortunate that um, I think Darius is the eldest brother. Darius got injured, um, and I understand their kind of slow integration into getting him back into um, AEW. Because even though he did come back from injury, he still wasn't being as showcased as much, and his brother was still kind of having some singles matches himself. And I, I think that was, you know, to sort of preserve. Him. Make sure that he is fully fit and healthy again. Um, sorry, I think my my thing cut out. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was he's fit and healthy again. He's fighting with his brother as a tag team, and it's just working so well. Um, this match just went hard, and I was so impressed with Top Flight. Um, the way they put up such a fight against the Young Bucks. And I I would love to see another match between the four of them again because they definitely all had great chemistry. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Like I said, let's hope for top flight because we've seen it with um, Dante Martin last year as well. A little bit of momentum by him. And he's just, let's continue it now. We then see the Arse Boys and the Acclaim upset Daddy Arse. And he wants family therapy. Can't wait for that. Jake Hager in his purple hat lost to Ricky Starks. Brian Danielson beat Bandido in a fucking cracker of a match, actually. MGF cut a post-match promo from backstage. Once again, used Fickle, a throwback to Danielson's complaint about the fans during his last run in WWE. He then offered Brian Cage a payoff ahead of the Machines match against Brian Danielson next week. Why do you need to pay him? He's having his match anyway. He wants to beat him. Uh, I mean, Jackson, what do you think of this? Like, I mean, like we said, Brian Cage coming up, Danielson beating Bandido. We're on the road to revolution, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, let's just really quickly say, if you have not seen Brian Danielson versus Bandito, please go and do it. Seriously, this match was banging. It is probably like one of my favourite matches of Brian Danielson's, and he's been having amazing matches week in week out um this was just awesome bandido is amazing he's so talented um it was yeah everything about it just great um who else were we discussing i got too excited about (laughs) this is brian cage now as the next guy in line for danielson as the as he looks to a win you know, the fact that Brian Cage is one out of the three uh, current Ring of Honor trios champions does give it a little bit of credit to be like, OK, so how are things going to go in this one? And w- what we know of Brian Cage, we know that he's um, a very heavy hitter. So it's definitely going to be a, an intense match that Brian Danielson's got coming up. But I have all the faith in the world that we are going to get this Iron Man match with MJF. So I I do think that we will see uh, Danielson come out on top. Yeah. Uh, well, we see during a pre-match video package, Sarai and Storm insulted the homegrown AEW women. Johnny Ara Shida, who was standing right beside them. In the arena, Storm and Willie Nightingale hit the ring for a 
battle of the baby faces, maybe? I don't know. Storm controlled them through the commercial break. But Nightingale were able to come back. Appeared to have victory in the hand until Saray jumped on the apron. Thrived the distraction. Storm capitalised, grabbed the tights and scored the win. And then beat him down afterwards, sparking a save from Ruby Soho. All while Sheeda watched from the entrance ramp, unsure what to make of Saray and Storm's action. Uh, so we got a hill turn. This... It's an inspirational comeback from Paige has now turned into a hill. Uh, I'm not sure about this. We're going to obviously get WWE versus AEW. But... That, re- that happened real fucking quick. Do you know what I mean? I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, they just literally just t- t- turned 90 degrees um, and went, nope, sharp right. Let's, t- let's change it up. You're a hill now. Go. You know, um, it obviously solidifies the, the the feeling of being pissed off with what they did to Shida, but I just don't understand the creative choice here. No, not at all. No, I mean, if if Sasha Banks was a mystery opponent and then came in and then they turned heel because of something like that, makes a bit more sense. But it's it's yeah. I don't. I understand Jamie Hayter's popularity. But now Britt Baker's yeah. going to turn face. So then that means they're one and two. And we know we're going to get a Baker-Hater match. At... So now what's Saray's going to do? Just wait her turn? Or, you know, like, again, best yeah, case scenario, best case scenario, I think, would be uh, five on five, either, you know, Ruby turning her back or whatever it is, having the five former WWE women versus AEW homegrown talent. And do it blood and guts. You know, have the first woman blood and guts match. Oh, do you know what? Give that to me. <laughs> I, I want that. You sold it. Give that to me. Tony, fuck it. It's, it's the only way, really. Like I said, it's really, really confusing. And again, like we said, we're looking back on a month of, of Dynamite and seeing Tony Khan literally resetting as, as he goes along as well and going, no, oh, this is... So hopefully it can build now uh, towards Revolution. And then the main event, TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Kushida. I fucking love Kushida. I loved him in NXT. I loved him in New Japan. I love him fucking anywhere. He's brilliant. His match with Gagano were legendary as well. And he worked the arm of Darby, uh, obviously looking for the hoverboard lock. But Allen, proving to be gutsy and resilient, uh, managed to catch the veteran opponent with a last supper roll-up for the victory. I will say Derby is back where he should be. And the funniest moment of this is Tony not really paying attention and Taz and Excalibur kind of pointing out he needs to say, It's Sting! <laughs> I totally nearly forgot. Uh, but again, I mean, Gina, what did you think of this match? Is, I can it... hear the panic in his voice when he, when he almost <laughs> forgot. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> He's like, oh, but you've got one job, Tony. You've got one job and you nearly forgot it. You know, um, right, right. Come on, Tony, step up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I thought this was an interesting. I mean, Gina, you're probably not as uh, well accustomed to Kashida. Uh, I am, but this is still a fun matchup. And I think to come out, like I said, dressed as Martin McFly, I'm always going to be a fan of you. Yeah, I mean, Kashida was in WWE, wasn't he, for yeah, a bit? Yeah, had a run in NXT. Yeah, um, but then I'm sure he turned up in New Japan. Yes, he is the missing piece yeah. of the uh, junior yeah. 
so so I kind of like have seen him quite a few times and I kind of like him I like the fact that I've seen him on like all three platforms um in a way um (laughs) in a way you can call him a bit of a wrestling bike as well but you know in terms of just like bouncing from different promotions but again I was I was happy with this match it was a great match and I've always enjoyed Kushida matches it's not like um I would go out of my way to be like, oh, I need to see the next Kushida match. But every time I've seen him, I've always enjoyed it. So, yeah, it was good. Oh, I'll tell you something. You make an excellent point because it's sometimes like ticking the bi- uh, having a bingo list or something like that uh, because you see a certain wrestler and then they show up somewhere else and you go, fucking hell, look, it's him. And then you can just go, like, you follow the pathway because obviously we can watch more wrestling now than ever. It's like I don't miss anybody from WWE because they're going to end up on rampage at some point <laughs> it's like so what's the point we we're going to see the wrestlers <laughs> start them on elevation first and then go to rampage because yeah. you're elevating them now quite a lot <laughs> uh, my my issue with darby allen and i will say this if miro beats him we are suffering from deja vu so as long as, i mean if we, if that happens we'll be like what's what's going on haven't we done this i mean miro would have to come back yeah. imagine if they actually did a whole cycle you know, like, no, let's just recycle every single one in the exact order they all want it. Yeah, he's ringing Cody, going, you sure you can to uh, set yourself on fire for the table? Come on, Sammy needs it. Just real quick, for a hot sack. Yeah, it'd be fine, it'd be fine. Uh, and we'll move on to the last one that we've got to review, Rampage, January 20th. Jungle Boy beating Ethan Page. Uh Again, fun match. Maybe both deserve a little bit more. Eddie Kingston beat up Santana with a chair. Jaxie, did they think they can turn Eddie Hill? Isn't that stupidest fucking booking? Especially when it's Santana, who I don't care about. (laughs) It's Ortiz, right? Santana Ortiz, one or the other. I don't fuck. That's how much I care. You see, that's, yeah, that's how the, much I care about it. <laughs> that's the thing. I care. I, I'm really, I'm heartbroken by this. I love um, Ortiz and Eddie Kingston together, so I'm heartbroken. But, but what? <laughs> I, 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 well, that's a surprise. I mean, Eddie's with Ortiz has been. I just nothing. I just I don't really care. I want Eddie to move on. Proud and powerful as as a tag team. Sadly, obviously Santana has been off injured, and I'm not sure he's going to return. Um, but I I did like Eddie and Ortiz together. So if anything, it was just heartbreaking. And I'm still what I'm still left wondering which one House of Black are approaching, because they kind of were approaching them both. I think my main concern is trying to learn the difference between Santana or Ortiz, and maybe if they were. Santana is the one that's not in AEW anymore. That should help. Right. Okay. I got you. So, and, and Ortiz <laughs> is the one that we're meant to care about because he wears a vest. Is that is that one? No. Well, why do, oh why yeah, do we, he does wear. Yeah. yeah, but why do we care for Ortiz? I know why I care for Eddie Kingston. I'm just saying, why do I care about Ortiz? Okay. When AEW first started and Santana and Ortiz came in as a tag team, I really loved them. Um, I thought they had great chemistry. I really loved their personalities. They're they're 
just hyper to watch. Um, I love seeing it, them in the ring. They're entertaining. Um, again, gutted that Santana um, has left. Yeah, but, but talk about I, I, the former I, LAX. I've enjoyed what they did three and a half years ago. <laughs> I've enjoyed like what uh, we've seen of Ortiz when he is around. He's not been heavily featured, but everything that he has been in, I've enjoyed. I liked it when he teamed up with Ruby Soho um, for that mixed tag match. Um, you know, he's there's things that I he's just a fun person, so it, he's fun to watch. Um, do do I want to see him and Eddie break up? No, not really. It's heartbreaking. I love those two as a tag team together. But am I intrigued to see where things are going to go between not only those two, but House of Black, who's been approaching both of them? Yes, I am. I'm very intrigued. So let's see where this goes. Yeah, I wish I had your positivity. You see, I called you negative, but now you're positive. Uh, because the thing is, I might not be a huge fan of Ortiz, but I'm a big fan of Willie. And if anybody knows, listening to this podcast, that I have been a huge Willie Mac fan for quite a while, even going back to former Impact days. So, yeah, Willie came out for its match with Brian Cage. But how many times has Tony booked a heel to win on the Rampage to lose on Dynamite? It's too many times, I will say. Layla Gray and Jay Cargill built Jada and Jordan Vanity. 49-0, and 0, Jade went, but I don't think we should be counting tag matches. And have you noticed Mark Henry doesn't get a lot of work now? Just a quick one before that. The main event, Action Andretti beat Leather Pants Danny Garcia. Um, so that's it. Uh, Jaxi, I would say, is it is Rampage worth watching? So we talk about reviews. Is it actually worth watching? I know Dynamite is because of the story beats. But would you miss anything not watching i mean you're 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 kind of right there you hit the nail on the head where you said dynamite is really kind of like the story t- um telling sort of base show um rampage just feels really random you know mm. yeah it just like the matches are just kind of uh put on there that don't really lead to anywhere as a result uh, or show up on on Dynamite, you know? No doubt. You know, it's a bit weird. But what are your thoughts talking about Dynamite as well? A Dynamite Rampage this past month and AEW and, uh, like we said, thoughts on that and thoughts on what's going to happen next month as we head to Revolution. I mean, I, I think there's been ups and downs for uh, across both uh, companies. Uh, when it comes to AEW, uh, they've had some really high moments, uh, like different matches and everything like that. Um, it's been a bit of a slow build-up, but I feel, again, overall, I feel like January has been very slow. So it's a slow build-up, but definitely kind of leaning towards the... Excuse me, sorry. Uh, leaning towards the later half of uh, January, things have started to pick up um, not from just the story point of view, but also just in terms of the calibre of matches that we're getting. So um, I'm I'm excited really going into Revolution. We've uh, got all these great returns um, so far. Uh, we don't know what to expect on anyone sort of turning up yet at Revolution. Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, in the next few weeks to come, we're going to have uh, some more matches announced. So I'm very eager to find out um, what else is going to be joining uh, the match card uh, for Revolution. Well, I'm hoping with Dynamite, well, AEW as well, don't sign any more wrestlers. 
we don't need time. Start using them kind of correctly. Really don't, no. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, just... And also, rest of that just Wait, disappear. You know, like the elite, yeah. you know, like the Bucks now were, you know, like I said, they lost. When's the next time the trio starter's going to be defended? You know, when's the next time, you know, just work it out and then do it in And again, way. this is a fault with Kenny then obviously picking up the championship, uh, the IWGP championship, which is going to see him being across both Japan and uh, the US now. So I don't know how featured they're going to be. So that's a little bit of a worry in itself as well. Yeah, uh, Gina, what about you? Well, Thoughts on uh, AEW this past month and hopes for the future, I guess. Um, my hopes are that Ricky Starks breaks up with his girlfriend. Um, I and I would like to see Adam Cole get put into a, some great storylines to build him up before chucking him straight into like a title picture shot. I think they need to build him up a lot and... Yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what where where the year is going to go for the Adams of the company at the moment. So um, I just hope they don't screw screw them over or screw anybody else over. I hope that they can make the show better than it was last year. You know. Yeah. So if you could pick, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to every month. I'm going to ask you now. Pick between the two Adams. Which one are you picking? Cole. You're picking Cole at this moment in time. Jaxie, what Adam would you pick at this moment in time? Page. <laughs> and I, at this moment in time, I will not give an opinion. Uh, so that is it. <laughs> Don't forget, we are across all social media. Twitter at the Domino Podcast. I'm at the Domino JR. You can find the entire Domino team. Why do you get to pass? <laughs> on the Twitter banner. Because... Either way, I'll upset one of you. So I, I would, I Adam. wouldn't. I love both Adams, so I really wouldn't mind. I would say that's a great idea in theory, but unfortunately, I cannot make a decision either way. Uh, you know, nah, fans, comments, James, the pit connect month between the yeah. Adams. Yeah, definitely. That's, you're you're, you're <laughs> in the just looking out here, so. If you don't choose next month, we're all calling you out. My favourite wrestler called Adam is Adam Pearce. There you go. So, <laughs> do it in that way. You cough out. Anyway, Jackson, where can people find you if you so want them to? <laughs> we, we've had... Jimmy, I'm looking at you, all right? I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find me across both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlet. And uh, Gina, I know you want kind of people uh, following you. That sounds really threatening, but I suppose we want a fan for Gina. If we can find a Gina fan, I mean, she's got plenty of fans, she's got hundreds, hundreds, tens, tens, dozens of fans. So I, I think I think you're overselling it there a little bit, James. No, the tens and tens. All right, there are, there are you know, so uh, there's more fans of you than there are me. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but <laughs> Gina, where can people find you on the social media? Um, so the biggest fan that I want this year is Ricky Starks, but you can find me um on both Instagram and Twitter at Purple Pain. What about if? Ricky Starks' girlfriend messaged you and said, 
I'm a huge fan. He doesn't of even want to try that. He does not want to yeah, try that. Do not contact me, girl. You, <laughs> you do you. You do you and enjoy your time with him for now. And <laughs> I also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube done podcast with all latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube and do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode is the Royal Rumble live show. And Jaxie, you've already said to me off air you've got plenty to talk about on the live show. Well, it will just it will be an interesting one. I've got a few opinions to share, to say the least. <laughs> And Gina, I know you have as well, but how lucky is Monty that he's going to be there? You lucky bastard. Yeah, well, Monty Monty is king. Sensei yeah, has got, got it all. Enjoy it. Everyone look out for Monty. Have a good time. I'm so going to be excited for you, but at the same time, I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> I've already told him that. I said, oh, you make me sick, but I love you. I uh, bet I hate you, but you made me sick. I uh, love you. Anyway, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> you too. I, people ask, exactly. Yeah, you know, we're, we're bad. Uh, until then, I've been James Rowlands. Oh, sorry, should I say Royal Rumble Live Show, Saturday, 8 p.m. Just in case people did want to listen to it, 8 p.m. live, <laughs> Royal Rumble. We will be there. I have been James Rowlands today, and hopefully, it will be again on Saturday. I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you for joining me. It's been fun as always, and I look forward to the live event. Right, uh, and the genius of Gina. I suppose you can really break it down now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, and I look forward to the rumble. I hope everybody else enjoys too. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. 